Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Oh, yeah. What's going on, DMV? You know who it is. Youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham. Here with you live and local on 106.7 The Fan. And always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Ride with me as I take you up to 10 o'clock here on this Wednesday night edition of Overtime. Star-studded edition of Overtime. Keep it tapped into the show. Top of the 7 o'clock hour. We'll let you know right away. Star Power joining the program. Wizards forward Denny Avdia set to join us. Top of the 7 o'clock hour. Fresh off of his career-high 43-point performance. Right before the All-Star break last week against the New Orleans Pelicans. So excited to sit down with Denny. Big day, though, out in Ashburn, as we mentioned on Grant and Danny earlier. Got to listen to those fellas and the rest of the coaching staff officially being introduced. So we'll play some cuts from that as well. But I got to start off with the great eight. Alex Ovechkin getting to it last night. Lit the lamp twice in the 6-2 win over the Devils. Here's a shot right off the draw, and Ovechkin scores! Back to Alex, he lets it go, short side on doors, it's 4-1, Washington! But far wing to Oshie, who will carry it in, right side, centered to Strom, and a shot attempt, rebound, Ovechkin scores! It's a two-goal night for Alex Ovechkin, his 16th of the year, and the Capitals have a 6-2 lead. Always love hearing the great pipes of John Walton on the call. Alex Ovechkin, the great eight, lit the lamp twice last night, scoring goals 15 and 16 on the season, bringing that number up to 838 career goals, just 56 and counting uh, away from breaking that all-time goal-scoring record, people. So the thing that's really awesome about this mm-hmm. is that it took him 43 games to score his first eight goals this season, mm-hmm. and now he has eight goals in the last eight games. He's been on an absolute heater, scored, was it seven goals in his last eight games, or is it eight goals in his last eight games? Because he had two in this one, mm-hmm. and he had not had one of the one before. Eight he goals. He has eight in eight games now. In his last yeah. eight games. So naturally, right, whenever you start to see Alex get on this heater that he's on right now, you naturally start to reignite that conversation about him potentially breaking Wayne Gretzky's all-time goal-scoring record. Uh, happy to see the great eight continue to do that. I think we're going to have conversations here, and because I'm the part of the youngest in charge, maybe my answer here is a little bit skewed, but I'm sure the older demographic can agree as well. Alex Ovechkin, even if he never plays uh, another NHL game, probably goes down as the best athlete in the history of the DMV. Can we, can we do that? Greatest athlete in D.C. sports history? 
Does he not have that right? Can he not stake that claim? Yeah, I mean, the only ones you could maybe argue are somebody like a Daryl Green or somebody, but even so, it's hard to, you well, know. Well, if Alex sniffs this record, then I think the conversation is pretty moot. Caps back in action tomorrow night on the road against Tampa Bay. It was crazy. Before last night, the Caps have stunk when it comes to the end of January, the beginning of February. It hadn't been very good for Coach Carb's squad, but Alex Ovechkin continuing to light the lamp, providing some offense. Hopefully they can go on a... A little bit of a run here in the second half of the season. As I mentioned, though, big day out in Ashburn. Grant and Danny were out there broadcasting live. The rest of the coaching staff introduced and made available to the media. Can't wait to start hearing quotes come out from that. We'll get the full skinny on what was said out in Ashburn today. Coming up at about 8.15 when our pal Alex Flum from DC News Now joins the program. He got the chance to talk to every assistant coach out there in Ashburn. So excited to pick Alex's brain about that. We spoke a ton about this, though, last week, right? I'm really excited Uh, to hear some of the quotes come out. And when I think about this Washington Commanders coaching staff and some of the assistants, I know Anthony Lynn is one of the big names. I know Brian Johnson's one of the big names. To me, though, Tavita Pritchard is very interesting to me when it comes to this whole dynamic and situation. Uh, I know Grant Danny got the chance to talk to him earlier today. I just, I'm curious to know if I had my own opportunity to sit down with Tavita. Just really curious to know what he thought about Sam Howell last year and how he felt he finished, how he felt he started, and then what type of chance would he give him this season uh, in terms of seeing the field. So we'll we'll ask Alex Flum about all that and more, but when we talk about the assistants on this Washington Commanders coaching staff, the three I just listed are the ones that really get me juiced up, are the ones that really have my attention. Tavita Pritchard, former quarterbacks coach from last year here in Washington, Brian Johnson, the former OC and quarterbacks coach in Philadelphia, and Anthony Lynn coming over uh, from the San Francisco 49ers. Because along with those three dudes, Cliff Kingsbury will be responsible for grooming a quarterback. Those four dudes have the biggest task in America right now, as far as I'm concerned. And to me, not just about grooming the quarterback, it's about grooming an offense that we can be proud of. And in Tavita's case, I want to know his thoughts on Sam Howe, like I said, and why last year went the way it did. I've said it constantly, though. No matter what they eventually do at the quarterback position, that guy brought in, no matter how they do it, and we'll discuss a bevy of different ways they could bring in a quarterback as the show rolls on, no matter how they bring in a quarterback next year, to me at least, I would be allowing Sam Howell to compete for the starting job. And I'm the biggest Eric Bieniemy backer that there is. As we've gotten to take a little bit of a step back from the National Football League season, not judging it on a week-by-week basis, when you get the chance to take a step back and look at the job Eric Bieniemy did, it becomes more and more apparent as we get further removed from the season. Sam Howe's struggles at season's end wasn't just on Sam Howe, right? Sam Howe's struggles at season's end, to me, was a product of the whole offense just not being very good down the stretch. And I found some numbers earlier today scrolling Twitter via my guy Warren Sharp. Washington was outscored in the first quarter 61 to nothing over the final six games of the season. Let me repeat that for you. Washington was outscored 61 to nothing over the final six games of the season in the first quarter. Eric Bieniemy's offense went six straight games without scoring a single point in the first quarter. Now, you could say that's all on the quarterback, but I think if you really know ball and understand what you're talking about, anytime an offense has that big of a lull in production, it's not just on one singular guy. I think you can blame the quarterback. You can blame the offensive line. Uh, you can blame Eric Bieniemy, the play caller, as well. And as I continue to say, the further we get removed from the season, you got to really put Eric Bieniemy under the microscope. And like I said, I was all on board when he was brought here last year. I think at, at certain points during the regular season, he was probably handcuffed with what he wanted to do. But the one thing that I cannot justify is the way that they handled Sam Howell from the passing attempts per game to the lack of runs. It, it, it's, it's baffling. It's head-scratching when you really try to sit back and look at why things went the way they did. So this is more from Warren Sharp on Washington's first quarter struggles over the final six games of the season. They became the fifth team in the last decade to go six straight games without scoring a first quarter point. And, and you just can't blame it all on the quarterback. That's the one thing that I got to, you know, put an emphasis on here tonight. Like, I'm not championing for Sam Howe to be the starter. I want that to be made very clear. But to 
think we have a clear-cut idea of what he is moving forward based on what you saw last year, I just don't think that's the case. Anyone out there trying to write him off in this quarterback situation this offseason? Probably didn't watch last year. I just don't know how you can see 17 games of this kid and not feel like there's meat on the bone, so to speak, and not feel like, man, what would he be if the ideal circumstances were put behind him? So this is more from Warren Sharp. Washington trailed by 86 total points after the first quarter, the most for any team since 2011. They trailed by over one touchdown in six games. No other team uh, trailed by over a touchdown in more than three games last year. So it kind of shows you the shortcomings that Washington had offensively down the stretch under Eric Bieniemy, And as we look at this quarterback situation under the microscope for the next couple of months, if you've been listening to me all offseason, you know where I stand with this thing. To me, there, there's, not one, there's not one singular route that they can go. This is a multi-layered situation. It's the best way I could put it. It wouldn't shock me with whatever move they end up making this offseason at the quarterback position. But as I like to say, my, my phrase that's been coined, we're at the mercy of the evaluator. And as we roll throughout the show here tonight, I'll give you my top three preferences, preferences, people, uh, for the commanders at the quarterback position. We've talked about a number of options, a number, numerous number of options that they have uh, at quarterback, but I'll give you my top three preferences uh, before we get out of here. And the one thing that gets me excited, no matter who's the quarterback uh, under center this offseason or, or during the regular season for Washington, I get excited about what they're going to be able to do because I believe in the coaching staff. I believe in the coaching staff. Brian Johnson, Anthony Lynn, Cliff Kingsbury. That's the trio to me uh, that's going to be responsible uh, for grooming this quarterback and this offense. And when you look at Brian Johnson and what he was able to do with Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia, it gives you, you know, a little bit of, of a calming presence, so to speak, in that room. Someone that's clearly worked with a young quarterback before. Uh, Anthony Lynn worked with a young Justin Herbert. We know the track record of Cliff Kingsbury. As I've said all offseason, right, no matter who ends up under center, no matter how they attack the quarterback position this offseason, I would think based on the roster and the infrastructure on the coaching staff, Washington is the best location for a young quarterback to come in and hit the ground running. I'm excited to see it, whether it's Sam Howell, right, whether it's Jay Daniels, whether it's Drake May, whether it's Caleb Williams. Whoever comes in here and is under center next fall at the quarterback position, the coaching staff that they've put together gives me the utmost confidence that they're going to be able to have success. That's just where I stand with it. Just where I stand with it. Offensive side of the ball is, is interesting, too, when it comes to the, the new additions made to the staff. But I'm geeked up about defense as well. Ken Norton Jr. coaching the linebackers. You got Joe Witt Jr., uh, coordinating the defense. You got Jason Simmons coming over from the Raiders, being your pass game coordinator. There are a lot of interesting pieces that Washington has right now on defense. As we've talked about all offseason, it's on this coaching staff to get the most out of these guys. We talk about Jamin and Benjamin St. Juice and a decision that you potentially have to make with Cam Curl. All of it's, all of it's brilliant. All of it's brilliant. I can't wait to see what these guys eventually grow and develop into. It's exciting. The fan in me comes out when I talk about this coaching staff and why I'm excited uh, about the team moving forward. I was having a pretty serious conversation off air with someone earlier, and they brought up Jamin Davis, and I hate doing this. The one thing that comes to mind with me with, with, with Jamin Davis is I'm kind of in wait-and-see mode, so to speak. I don't know how the legal situation is going to play out. I don't know how Adam Peters, Dan Quinn, and company feel about the situation, but That'll be one of the big first decisions that they have to make. Do you pick up Jamin Davis's fifth-year option? Do you decide to discipline Jamin Davis at some point during the season because of the incident uh, that he was in uh, a year ago? So a lot of moving parts, a lot of big-time decisions ultimately uh, to be made here. But as I continue to say, this is what we've asked for, people. No matter how next year goes, no matter how the first two years go under Adam Peters, Dan Quinn, in this new regime, have patience, people. Have patience. Understand Understand that this is probably the best position that this franchise has been in for quite a long time, man. Call me the prince of positivity, I guess, for the rest of the offseason, man, because it kind of feels like everything I say is geared toward the team being good. 
Check back in with me around August. Check back in with me around May. My, my opinion may change here. You all know how I get down those. The People Show. You can tap in with me all show long. One of two ways. MGM National Harbor Lister lines wide open. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P. As I mentioned, big show playing for you all. Wizards forward Denny Avdia getting ready to join us at the top of the 7 o'clock hour. We'll be joined by our pal Alex Flum of DC News Now coming up at 8.30 as well. So make sure you keep it locked right here on the fan as we discuss all things burgundy and gold. Coming up next, though, talk a little bit of round ball. As I mentioned, Denny Avdia, star forward for the Washington Wizards, set to join us next. Fresh off of his career high last week against the New Orleans Pelicans. That's next. You're on the fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. It's Overtime 106.7 The Fan. We're always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham. Taking you up to 10 o'clock tonight. Right now, joined by a special guest out on the BetQL guest hotline, our pal Denny Avdia of the Washington Wizards. Fresh off of his career-high 41-point performance uh, last week against the New Orleans Pelicans. Denny, you guys coming off for the All-Star break. First of all, appreciate you guys giving us some time. And what are you looking forward to here post-All-Star break? First of all, uh, thank you for having me. Yep. And uh, we just finished practice. I think um, we're in good shape. But see, uh, you sound like you out of breath a little bit, man. <laughs> yeah, I just I just finished workout. You know, it's, a, it. it's an authentic interview right here. <laughs> we um, appreciate it, man. But um, I think we're together. We're trying to uh, push the last stretch of the season, try to win as much as possible, get better. Um, honestly, as everybody knows, you know, our record is not the best, yeah. but we can get a lot of benefits from playing together and we have a lot of young, uh, a lot of young talent in our team that can develop. And I think those couple of games, it's really important for us to develop and stay together and uh, compete as much as we can. You mentioned, obviously it's been a rough start to the season, but yourself, Danny, you've been phenomenal from the get go. I remember when I saw you out at media day, I poked some fun at you, man. You definitely look bigger. Like you had been in the weight room. You've seen a sizable jump in pretty much, you know, every statistical category for you this year. Where's your headspace at right now? And how confident are you uh, that you can continue this hot stretch of play? I feel like I still have a lot of, a lot of room to grow. I'm still learning game to game in terms of like, where's my spots on the floor and getting yeah. better defensively and better getting better and communicating on the court. But, you know, I'm always, I'm always competing. That's something that since I started playing basketball, I, I didn't uh, give up on any play on any season. You know, I'm always here to compete. Doesn't matter the record, doesn't matter the game, the time. Uh, I'm trying to do the best that I can. I'm working hard. Uh, and honestly, like, you know, I'm in a good stretch right yeah. now. I'm just trying to keep it going. And uh, it's it's a good thing a, a good thing to build on for sure. Definitely, it's huge for the you know growth of this franchise for you to continue to take a step. I'm happy to see you put the work in. Speaking of that work you put in, I know this summer was crucial for you. Finally, being healthy, going into an off season, and getting the entire summer yep. to really work on your game. What have been some of the benefits of that? And can we expect this type of growth moving forward if you could stay healthy? 
Oh, I was I was going through it. Uh, pre, <laughs> I had like three preseason, uh, pre three pre preseasons that I was mm. injured. Yeah, and I couldn't be with the team and couldn't really develop in the summer like I wanted to. And I feel like this summer my body was in the best shape. I was taking care of my body, and I was able to improve on the stuff I wanted to improve. Get a lot of repetition. Be there with my teammates preseason. Get the chemistry together. Get the chemistry right. And um, that's what uh, I feel like. That's what a big part of why it's more comfortable for me right now. I definitely can agree. It's showing on the court for you. Obviously, you know, we talk about all the time just trying to create good habits as a young basketball team. With you now being in year four, with the chemistry and dynamic in that locker room, how have you tried to assert yourself a little bit more as a leader this year? Because you definitely seem more vocal. Um, first of all, it comes with experience. Yeah. You know, that's my uh, fourth year right now. I know the guys for quite a bit. I play, I play with them. They have more confidence in me. The organization have more confidence in me. I feel like everybody's just uh, respect my word more because you know, as a rookie, you're coming in, you you know, you're getting uh, bullied a lot. You get right. bullied, bullied <laughs> a lot. Your, your word doesn't mean a lot. But I feel like you know, especially where I came from, and and, and playing the right basketball and having the having the place to come and say stuff when I need to is big big for our team and I feel like um, it's been helpful for me to grow as a person and from for for my team for sure. You mentioned where you came from, Denny. You obviously had a lot of success overseas and really dominated the league that you played in. It was the youngest MVP of that league ever. How, how difficult has it been transitioning? I know it's been four years now to this point. I guess how, more, how much more comfortable are you transitioning from the way you played overseas to how you're playing now? Because I think as we're starting to see, you're, you're fully capable uh, of scoring from all three levels, getting your teammates involved, and then defensively, I know that's where you really take a lot of pride at. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, especially coming in the league, you know, I didn't get the ball a lot. So my bread and butter was always the defense, yeah. like competing on the defensive side, whether it's rebounding or defending the best player. And what I'm happy about is I'm still doing that. Like yeah. I'm still doing it. I'm still like taking this challenge to honestly have a have us better chance to win. You know, I'm gonna do whatever it takes um, for the for to be for the team to be uh, to be able to win games. And honestly. Um, you know, it's, it was tough for me in the beginning, like condition-wise. Like, yeah. I feel like being away from home, being away from friends and family. And, um, you know, it's a new country. I'm not right. a lot of people know what is it to be in a new country and, and play. And I think that was more challenging than the pa- the basketball part. So, yeah. I think I, after I overcome that de- uh, that part, uh, it was just like getting better in basketball, and that's where it all clicked for me. Joined right now the BetQL guest hotline by Wizards forward Denny Avdia. Denny, I give you a ton of credit, bro. Just from a real human life standpoint, you having your career best year in the midst of what's going on back at home, I don't know how your friends and family are affected by the situation going on in Israel, but can you talk about how that's been to strike that balance between, you know, wanting to worry about what's at home, but then obviously having a career to focus on? It's been really difficult. So, like at the beginning when it all started, the season just the season just started, and you know all my all my friends who were fighting in the army and my friend just making sure my family's safe. It, right. it was really difficult, you know. My heart and like my heart and prayers are with the families and whatever's going on going on in Israel. You know, it's it's tough to follow, but you know my job is to represent. My, I'm sorry. My job is to represent and uh, be there for my country and make sure that everybody of the NBA fans, teammates know what's going on, and I think it's I think it's been good that you know I, I was in a good stretch and being able to uh, pass the message. Yeah, so, for sure. Um, it was big for me. For sure, I think you know we as fans appreciate what, what you've been able to do, and as you mentioned, thoughts and prayers out to the families that are impacted. We talked a little bit about the locker room dynamic that you guys have. I think it's a cool locker room. You guys added Jordan Poole sure. to it this summer, and. Uh, off to a little bit of a rough start in the first half of the season. How has he been, though, as a teammate and uh, continuing to help you maybe even grow and develop as a player? Honestly, no complaints. Jordan is a great dude. He's a great, hardworking dude. And, and you know, like, we, like you shouldn't, like, us as teammates, we trust him. And we know he's a great player. We see what he's capable of. And we know it's it's all good. Like, players have stretches all the time. It's bad, bad games, good games. It's part of basketball. Um, obviously... You know, uh, he's sticking with it. He's working hard, and that's the most important thing to see that, you know, we all trust him to make the right plays, and I'm sure he's going to have great dreams coming up. 
Denny, just from the naked eye, right, and watching, it looks like you guys are playing a lot better under new interim head coach Brian Keefe. What has his messaging brought to the team, and how different is his voice when he is the main voice? I think he, uh, first of all, like we're competing. I feel like uh, defensively, uh, we're taking more pride on one-on-one defense. I feel like he gives us a lot of confidence and go and make plays and play fast. Um, but uh, other than that, it's just I feel like our chemistry is, is way better. Like we're talking to each other like uh, after games, like what's wrong, what's missing. And uh, communication, I think, is the most important right now in our team. And he's doing a great job of emphasizing it. So he's been great. He's been putting us in the right spots to succeed. And hopefully it will transfer to win in the future. Denny, I don't know if you caught the comments that uh, former Celtics great Kevin Garnett had about you, some high praise about the grit and toughness that you play <laughs> with. How does it feel, bro, to get that type of recognition from a player of his caliber? I mean, you know, it always feels good to have a recognition from a guy who competed right. every game. And <laughs> we, we have the, I think we have this, like really similar mentality in terms of like comp, like uh, competing and being a, like being a dog out there. And I feel like. When a guy like that uh, saying uh, those stuff about you definitely feels good. Denny I'll, Denny, I'll let you go on this, my friend. So I just saw this stat via Denny Avdiamidis on Twitter, catch, my friend. <laughs> I need I need to catch my air a little bit, man. I, <laughs> I did an interview all like breathing hard. I'm sorry. No, you're good, bro. You're good. But I want to let you go with this stat. You're one of four players this year averaging 13-plus points per game, six-plus rebounds, shooting 50-plus percent from the field, and 40-plus percent from beyond the arc. It's just you, Carl Anthony Towns, and Kevin Durant. So really shows yeah. the type of jump that you've made, my man. I appreciate you giving us some time and best Thank of luck you. in the second half of the I season. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You're a lot. Thank you. Thank yes, you sir. so much. Talk soon. That is Denny Avdia, ladies and gentlemen. Always good getting the opportunity to catch up with him. He absolutely has been just phenomenal this season. And the Wizards getting ready to come out of the All-Star break. I believe tomorrow night uh, they play the Denver Nuggets. So for Denny Avdia and the crew, the final you know 40 or so games left in this season, trying to continue to build good habits here and show why you know this is a young team that you can root behind here moving forward. Man, I'm excited to see. Uh, what they are able to continue to do. Denny, to me, is honestly like a real different cat, man. And he talked about a little bit in the interview, coming over to America from another country. I think sometimes we maybe downplay the significance of that and how maybe difficult it is to come in and adjust uh, to the American culture, to the American lifestyle. I think he's done a tremendous job pretty much improving in every major statistical category since he's come into the league. And then it all culminated last week, man, 43 points, 15 rebounds uh, in Washington's loss against the Pelicans. Hopefully moving forward for the rest of the season, we can continue to see Denny Avdia take steps in the right direction. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back more overtime next here on the fan hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Just getting rocking and rolling here on this Wednesday night edition of Overtime. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 10 o'clock before we hand things over to CBS Sports Radio. Huge, huge, huge shout out to my pals over at Monumental Sports, the Wizards, and Denny Avdia for giving us some time. Always good 
uh, when you get to have a player join the program. Denny in the midst of a career year right now uh, under some difficult circumstances with his friends, uh, with what his friends and family are dealing with back at home in Israel. So definitely a huge shout out to Denny Avdia joining the program. Hopefully we get to see him continue that strong play in the second half of the season as the Wizards get geared up to return from All-Star break tomorrow uh, when they travel to Denver to take on the Nuggets. Want to talk all things Burgundy and Gold right now here, though. Keep talking about quarterback. It's the conversation that will, you know, drive these, that will be on these airwaves from now until April. How will Washington ultimately choose to address quarterback? And if you've been listening to me all offseason, I've made it pretty clear to this point that I don't think there is one singular right way to address quarterback. I don't think there's any direction they could go where we'd all be like, huh, you're so stupid. Why would you ever think to do that? I think with this team in particular, with their coaching staff, with the assets that they have, and then this being the first year of a new coaching staff, there's just a bevy of different ways they can go. I don't necessarily feel that drafting Jaden Daniels is a thing that you have to do. I don't necessarily feel like you have to trade back. I don't necessarily feel like you got to go out and get a veteran. But ultimately, as I love to say, we're at the mercy of the evaluator. Whatever Adam Peters and company decide, that's the direction that will go. But I know out in the fan base, we all have preferences, right? We all want them to do what we want them to do because we're the general managers. We're the ones out there grinding the tape. Obviously, I'm being facetious, but as we have these conversations and as you scroll through Twitter, you get to go through a bunch of different scenarios and ideas and directions in which Washington could go. And in light of that, I thought I'd give you all my top three preferences at quarterback for the commanders this offseason because I've given you most of the options that they can exhaust. But I feel like when it comes to my personal preference, I haven't really stood on anything concretely yet to this point, except for this first one. (laughs) Because if you've been listening, you know I've been pounding on the table for the reunion of all reunions is what I would call it. It would be the most Hollywood story that maybe we've ever seen here in professional sports. Man, maybe I'm gassing it, saying in all the pro sports. But you get what I'm saying. For the DMV in particular, Think about how starved Washington's been at the quarterback position since the start of the 2000s. Think about all of the different names. I believe it's something like 30-plus different starters since 2000 or during the Dan Snyder era. That position, their inability to solve quarterback is probably why, or probably the biggest reason why, the Snyder era went the way that it did. Obviously, he's a horrible midget person, and we don't really care about him that, that much. but. You get what I'm saying. The majority, the reason the Dan Snyder era went the way it did was because they couldn't solve quarterback. Imagine one of the first big-time moves that are made post-Dan Snyder is doing whatever it takes to go up and get the consensus number one quarterback prospect in this draft. And, oh, he happens to be from the District of Columbia, Caleb Williams. That is, to me, my number one preference. And there was a mock trade by Field Yates, I believe, of ESPN. Him and Courtney Cronin did an insider's piece earlier today, and they did some mock trades for what it would potentially take to move off of Caleb Williams. And this is Field Yates' mock trade uh, for the Washington Commanders to acquire Caleb Williams. It's actually not that bad. So Washington obviously would have to part ways with pick number two. They would also part ways with pick number 40, their second second-round pick, and they would part ways with a 2025 first-round pick. Now, in this package in particular, you run to the podium and do this. Now, I don't think, and Fields is an NFL insider, he's plugged in, but I don't, I don't think this deal in particular is realistic. If I'm Chicago, you got to give me a little bit more than this but speaking in hypotheticals, like giving up pick 40 in a first round next year, that's nothing. That's peanuts when you consider what Caleb Williams could do for the franchise. I, I just, I, I don't know. There's one tweet, our, our pal Earl Force, he always does a great job on updates here on the fan. I'm trying to pull up Earl's tweet 
from earlier. It's gotten plenty of interaction and engagement on Twitter. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. So this is from NFL.com. I believe it was yesterday. Earl Forsey tweeted this out. In this trade, and this one seems a little bit more realistic, Washington will receive pick number one overall in exchange for the number two pick, both of their second round picks, number 36 and 40, and their third round pick as well, that compensatory pick that they receive uh, for Chase Young getting traded to San Francisco. Even in this scenario, people, it's peanuts. It's peanuts. And Chris, I see you in there shaking your head. You're like a lot of the fan base out there shaking their head at the idea of trading up for Caleb Williams. I would be livid with if they this, do something like this. With this deal in particular, and the two deals that we just read out, the one from ESPN and the one from NFL.com, in those two deals, you still got, what, four, five picks to work with the rest of the draft? This is my thing. Who cares about the first-round pick? Or who cares about the two seconds? Who cares about the third when you've got big, bad Adam Peters as your general manager and your talent evaluator? Who cares? Who cares about the second-round picks? If you look at the track record of Adam Peters, most of the damage that he did in San Francisco was in rounds four through seven. In this scenario, you still have your picks from four through seven. So let Adam Peters cook. That's my thing. To me, quarterback is just, it's so important to get right. The, the, the Adam Peters could be a great talent evaluator. Dan Quinn could be a great head coach. Cliff Kingsbury could be a great OC. If they don't get quarterback right, it's all for nothing. It's all for nothing. And my thing is this. How do you ensure that you get quarterback right? You draft the best prospect possible. Now, all of this is obviously contingent upon Caleb being their number one guy, but I'm sure he is. And if he's not, do what you do to get your number one guy. That's the point here. You do what it takes to get the best quarterback prospect possible. That would be my number one preference when it comes to the commanders acquiring a quarterback this offseason. Now, my second preference is honestly at the complete opposite end of the spectrum. It's something that I wouldn't be upset with. Let me preface all of what I'm saying by this with this. There's no move that they can make this offseason at quarterback that would have me turning my nose up and acting like Adam Peters and company don't know what they're doing. Let me just get that out in the open. I don't care what they do. I'm trusting and buying into the process. But in this second preference of mine, my number two preference for the commanders at quarterback, I would trade back from pick number two. I know that's making some of you all weak in the knees. <gasps> a trade back. That's how you turn the franchise around. It's one of the ways, one of the ways that you could turn a franchise around. In this scenario, I'm making a pretty big leap back. We're taking a pretty big step back. 11 spots. You go from pick number two all the way to pick number 13. Let me explain the logic here a little bit because I think it's a scenario that isn't far-fetched at all. The new head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, they promote uh, Antonio Pierce, who was their interim coach last year. He got promoted. Where did he coach in college? Arizona State University. Where did Jaden Daniels go to school? Arizona State University. So that's why I'm drawing this parallel here. Because I do think that Antonio Pierce and company have to at least be thinking about going up and getting Jaden Daniels. It has to be in their thought process. So in this mock trade, in this scenario, Washington would trade back from 2 to 13, and Washington would acquire from Vegas picks number 13, 44 in the second round, 77 in the third round, a 2025 first-round pick, a 2025 second-round pick, and a 2026 first-round pick and a 2026 third-round pick. You're probably like, whoa, that's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. Because when you think about a team moving up or moving back 11 spots, you got to pay the premium possible. You got to pay the premium it takes to get there. In this scenario, Washington would then have 13 
18 picks. Or did I write this down? So it'll be what? 13, 44, 77. The third rounder is, is 77. They would have 13 picks. Or excuse me, they would have seven picks in the top 100. I'm blanking here. I couldn't read what I wrote down. Washington, after this deal is done, would still have pick number 36, pick 40, pick 44, pick 67, pick 77, pick 101. You get what I'm saying here. In this scenario, any trade back scenario, that is, you have the ability to plug a bunch of different holes on the roster. But the only reason I hesitate with this is that if you trade down to pick number 13, when do you get your quarterback? When do you get your quarterback? In this scenario, I think Washington probably goes tackle at 13, whichever your preference is. I'm a big, I'm a big Fuega guy out of Oregon State. I think he is someone that has risen up through this draft process. J.C. Latham out of Bama. There are plenty of tackles that will be on the board for you at pick number 13. I think you go tackle at 13. I think at pick number 36, people are really going to be upset with this. I think you go quarterback at pick number 36. And to me, if I'm picking at 36 and I need a quarterback, you know what I think of? You know what I think about? Michael Penix Jr. I know about the injury concerns. I know about the the lack of durability. But injuries are completely based upon luck. Injuries are completely based upon luck. Who would have foreseen Joe Burrow to this point having two season-ending injuries? Nobody. Tua Tungavailoa has had multiple season-ending injuries to this point. You think if, if you shot up the Dolphins in, in the uh, the Dolphins and the Bengals with the truth serum, you think they'd care about the injuries that have happened to Burrow and Tua Tungavailoa? No. All that matters is that you have a long-term answer at the position. And I understand Panic's injury is a little bit different. It's a lower body injury. It's a knee. There are concerns there about the mobility and how he will age as a quarterback. But if you're going simply based off of watching the tape, he's the best deep ball thrower in the class. He may be the best pure passer in the entire class. Getting him at 36 would be a coup. Would be a coup. And as I said about the potential of drafting Caleb or Jaden or Drake, what Washington has in their quarterback room, what Washington has on this offensive coaching staff, Tavita Pritchard, Anthony Lynn, Cliff Kingsbury, Brian Johnson, it's the perfect scenario for a young quarterback, no matter where they're drafted at, right, to come in and hit the ground running. So I take Michael Penix at pick number 36 in this scenario. Then at pick 40, we're going to go by position here for the next couple of picks. At pick 40, I probably go edge rusher. And I think it was I think it was Big Doug out there earlier on Twitter today. Uh, and I think Craig Hoffman had this in his mock draft as well for the Take Command podcast. Washington potentially going edge rusher at pick 36 is what I think Craig has. And then he has them going... Pull it up here. And this, in one mock draft that I saw earlier, they've got Washington going edge at pick number 36 and then linebacker at pick number 40. If that is the way the draft goes, I will bang my head against the wall. Not literally, but you get what I'm saying. I'd be a little bit frustrated if Washington, with picks 36 and picks 40, don't go offensive line. Now, in this scenario, with this potential trade back with the Raiders, you got pick 40, 44, and 36. So, of course, they'd go tackle. But just saying, moving forward, anyone out there in their mock draft that doesn't have Washington taking a tackle before their original pick 67 in the third round, you're crazy. You're Kanye crazy. Makes no sense. Specifically, when you think about the way the edge rusher class looks in free agency versus the draft, and then the tackle class in free agency versus the draft. To me, you got to go offensive tackle in the draft because the offensive tackle class in free agency just isn't that good. And you can say the exact opposite about the edge rusher class. There is a boatload of edge rushers that you can throw the bag at 
this offseason and fill that need. I don't think you need to waste your draft capital on it necessarily. But it is what it is. Like I said about quarterback, it's the same way about building the roster. It's not a one-size-fits-all situation. There's a number of different ways that it can ultimately go about it here. So in this trade-back scenario, as I mentioned, Washington would send pick number two to the Raiders, and they'd get back pick 13, pick 44, pick 77, a 2025 first-rounder, a 2025 second-rounder, and a 2026 first-rounder. It's a lot of draft capital coming back here to D.C. At pick number 13 from the Raiders, I'd go tackle. Pick number 36, I'd go quarterback, potentially Michael Penix, or whatever flavor of the week you like at that position. 40, I would then go edge rusher. 44, I would then go offensive tackle. Pick number 67, I'd go tight end. Pick number 77, I'd go center. In this trade back scenario, the biggest benefit of trading back is you get as many bites at the apple as possible when you talk about bringing in marquee talent. And if you look at the draft track record of Adam Peters and you listen to the messaging from him in the front office, definitely seems like a unit that wants to build through the draft, but obviously they're not going to tip their hand as to what the move is going to be. If they end up trading back and get this type of haul, that's the type of haul that I think potentially expedites your rebuild. That's the type of haul that makes this Maybe you make the playoffs next year instead of two years down the line. But at the end of the day, you got to hit on the draft picks. That's what's most important. That's what matters more than anything. Hitting on quarterback really matters. So my third preference for what the commanders should do at quarterback this offseason. Number one, I gave you trading up for Caleb. Number two, I just gave you trading back and getting a haul from the Raiders. My third preference which I also, let me just give you a little disclaimer, would not be upset at is if they choose to draft Jaden Daniels or Drake May. Whichever one you want. I think both of those two cats can come into the National Football League and hit the ground running, depending on the fit. It all matters to me. It's about fit, of course. But for those of you out there that love Jaden Daniels because of the dual threat ability and the plays that he can create outside of the pocket, I can see it. I can see that translating to the next level here in the National Football League. If you love Drake May and his ball placement and his accuracy and his ability to make plays off schedule and the big hulking figure at 6'4", 225, I can buy it. I can buy it. Commanders fans out there that are automatically pegging him here because of the offense that they expect that they expect Cliff Kingsbury to run. I, I like it, though. May not be my choice, but I can understand where you're coming from if that's where you want to go. I can understand where the team is coming from if ultimately that's where they want to go. Now, during this pre-draft process, it's always great to get to hear from experts when it comes to these quarterbacks that are getting ready to come out. Rick Spielman, pretty important figure in Washington's hiring process, gave his thoughts on Drake May versus Jaden Daniels. Drake May, to me, is is a unique talent for his size. He has all the arm talent you want. I think he forced the ball a lot this year because he didn't have the same type of playmakers. I think he is a very good athlete that can move and make some plays with his legs. They got an opportunity to say see him play live two years ago uh, against the Miami Hurricanes down here where I retired. And I just thought the ball just came off of his hands. And I, you can tell how gifted of a player he is. And then Jaden Daniels, who, again, another guy that came through a lot of adversity coming from Arizona State, getting to LSU, uh, playing okay last year. If you looked at him before this year, you would say maybe third, fourth rounder. But then all of a sudden, he took it to another level this year. And the stats speak for himself but maybe the most explosive player with his legs. Reminded me, similar to, I don't know yet, if that'll translate to a Lamar Jackson-type player. So, uh, and he improved his accuracy. Now, he has some great weapons around him and uh, Malik Neighbors and Mike Thomas Jr., uh, the other receiver that I think is going to be pretty special in the league. But 
just like uh, Jalen Hurst did when he got benched at Alabama and went on and did what he did at Oklahoma. Now he ended up being a second-round pick for Philadelphia. But when you can find these quarterbacks that aren't affected by the adversity and seem to come back and fight their way back into being the quarterbacks they are, the successful quarterbacks they are, those are all good traits to look for. Love what Rick Spielman said there. He joined Grant and Danny earlier today uh, via the phone, and I thought the boys got him to give a darn good answer. This is going to be the debate here for the next couple of months. I just gave you my top three preferences for the commanders at quarterback. My preferences, I might add. But when we look at the most realistic scenarios, I think these are probably the most three realistic, but maybe they're in reverse order. Because I just can't help but notice everybody you talk to, everybody you read and listen to, thinks that, look, if Caleb is as good as I think he is, Chicago would be stuck on stupid. Do not draft him, leaving Washington at pick number two to choose between Jaden Daniels of LSU and Drake May of North Carolina. Buzzword, buzz phrase time. Ding, ding, ding. We're at the mercy of the evaluator. When Adam Peters and company go turn on the Jaden Daniels tape, what will they find? When Adam Peters and company get to interview Drake May potentially at the combine, what will they think about? A lot of moving parts here as we get geared up for what Washington ultimately will do this offseason at the quarterback position. I just gave you my top three preferences uh, at quarterback for the commanders this offseason. I want yours. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. What do you prefer Washington does at the quarterback position this offseason? I gave you my top three. You can trade up for Caleb Williams. You can trade back with the Raiders or, or, or another team down there that wants to come up and get a quarterback. or You could draft either Jaden Daniels at Drake May or Drake May at pick number two. When we get back, we'll take your calls on what your preference is. Plus, we get some other opinions on Jaden Daniels versus Drake May. That's next on the fan. 1-800-636-1067 is the number on the MGM National Harbor Lester Lines. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P. A lot of different options. A lot of different ways the commanders could go at quarterback this offseason, veteran, draft, trade up, trade back, you name it. I listed my top three preferences that I want to see uh, for the commanders at quarterback this offseason. I want to hear yours as well. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. Uh, before we get out of here in this segment as well, we're going to get some differing opinions on Jaden Daniels and Drake May. Our pal Ben Standing of The Athletic always just does uh, superb work. Got an opportunity to uh, get some quotes from Phil Longo, the former offensive coordinator for Drake May. He also got uh, one of Jaden Daniels' teammates on the record talking about him. So excited to let you all uh, hear me read some of these quotes from Ben Standing's piece uh, from this morning in The Athletic. I just retweeted it out. It's at N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P. Also, the quarterback's coach for Jaden Daniels back in 2018 at Arizona State Joined Kevin Sheehan earlier today, and he had some interesting thoughts on Jaden as well. So we'll play that before we get out of here, too. But first, your calls. What's your preference on what the Washington Commanders should ultimately do at the quarterback position this offseason? Let's go to CJ in D.C. What's going on, CJ? Hey, what's up, man? What's happening? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm going to tell you, man, I had the Spillman the Spillman, the Spillman, uh interview, man, kind of threw me off because if you listen to him talk, mm-hmm. when he's talking about Drake May, it sounds like he's describing Sam Howell. I know. <laughs> and his career in college. If you really listen to how he feels that he finished up, he's really describing that guy. Yeah. You know, so me looking at what we've brought in in the front office, you know, we got an experienced, diverse staff. My my main priority is if, if they don't like who they like it too, I'm cool with drafting the bigs and giving Sam another opportunity and bringing somebody else in later on to yeah. compete with them. But if they're not sold, if they're not sold, you can't force a square peg into a round hole. They have to be sold as an organization, or we're gonna repeat what we've been going through, man. So I, I think it's interesting that you brought up the how versus make comparison, and I've been talking about it here the past couple of shows I've done. Anyone that thinks it, it's you know, not premature to write Sam Howell off, you're crazy. 
Sam Howell very much is probably a part of this equation, CJ. They're out in Ashburn now grinding the tape and getting their evaluations done from last season. I'm sure some of the coaches already have their own thoughts about how before coming to the situation. So this is why we go through all these exercises, man. There's not one way that I think this thing could go, and it wouldn't really shock me any way that they go at this point. Yeah, I mean, if I can just add something else. Mm -hmm. I mean, my my thing even to where we are right now, it wouldn't shock me if they allow, you know, part of the process to reset itself because it's so hard in one year to truly come in and get evaluation off of all of these guys. Right. They're going to have the guys they're going to bring back, but you got to give these guys a chance to really get in here and tweak where they feel exactly. needs to be tweaking. Some of these guys can be rehabilitated. You and, know, I, and I feel that, gotta, CJ, and I think and appreciate yeah. the call, CJ. I think Sam is one yeah. of those guys that could ultimately be rehabilitated. That's why it wouldn't stun me if they decide to go his direction. And if you've been paying attention, I hope you have. Whoever comes in here, got to compete. Got to compete with Sam Howell. I'm excited to discuss all the options, though, man, because it feels like to me, just scrolling through Twitter, you all don't know what the hell you want. That's why we're taking your calls. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. What is your preference at the quarterback position this offseason for the Washington Commanders? CJ just brought up Drake May, and we played the audio of Rick Spielman talking about him. If you missed uh, Grant Dating, make sure you go back and Download the podcast. I believe it was segment five for them where they had Rick Spielman on the program. And getting his thoughts uh, on Drake May is huge. Drake May to me, though, and every time I say this, I feel like I feel like people are going to say, oh, you stupid idiot. Do you not know anything about ball? It's so hard for me to watch Drake May and not think about Sam Howe. And I understand that Sam Howell is six foot one. I understand that Drake May is six four. I understand that there are differences in them physically in terms of what they can do with the arm. But just watching them, the one thing that was a knock on Howell coming out and it was a knock on him last year when playing, I don't know if it's a product of playing in that offense, but Drake May, one read quarterback at times, sticks on to read one way too long. The inaccuracy has been a big problem for him on the most routine and simple throws. A lot of like what you saw from Sam Howe. And being inaccurate on the easy routine throws comes from the bad footwork. What was the number one reason that they told us we didn't see Sam Howell's rookie year? The footwork wasn't good enough. And he made tremendous strides improving the footwork, working with Kenny Zampezi every day after practice. Like there was a clear growth that he displayed and showed, but you still saw the footwork be a detriment to his performance at times throughout the season. So with Drake May in particular, and people are tweeting at me all angry about the idea of redshirting a cat. If they choose to draft, this is a big if, if they choose to draft Drake May number two overall, one, I think he's got to compete with Sam Howell, and I think he'd probably lose a QB competition with Sam Howell at this point in time. Why? Because Sam Howe's got a whole year of experience, two years now at this point, of experience under his belt. You cannot measure the growth that Sam Howe's made. I understand people are going to look at the stats and say, well, did he grow that much? He threw 21 picks last year. If you're going to be ignorant and ignore what he did the first half of the season and ignore what he did on the road in a hostile environment against a good Seattle team, then, then maybe I'm not for you. Maybe, maybe this program isn't for you. And I crushed Sam Howell down the stretch last year. I crushed him after both of the Giants' performances. But when you get to go back and look at things without all the emotion tied into it, you got to be open and honest and say that, look, I read you the stats at the top of the show. Eric Bieniemy did not do a good job as the offensive coordinator here last year. And it pains me to say it because I think he's a good OC. I think he just really, really mismanaged Sam Howe. Some of you are going to say, well, all oh, the sacks quarterbacks is, is a, or sacks are a quarterback stat. I get all of that. No way he should have been dropped back the amount that he was. 
There's just no reason for it. There's no reason his legs weren't used more last year. There's so many different things that you could pick at as to why the back half of last year maybe was a fluke for Sam Howell. I'm not going to say it was a fluke because it happened, but anyone that's trying to crush him for the way that he finished last year, understand it wasn't just him that was bad down the stretch last year. It was the entire Washington Commanders offense. Gave you the number earlier. Washington was outscored 61 to nothing in the first quarter over the final six weeks of the season. That, that point in time that people feel as if Sam regressed, it wasn't just him regressing. The entire offense was bad. Going six straight first quarters without a point is horrible. It's one of the worst stretches in the last decade. So keep that into account when you're talking about Sam Howell in the quarterback position here in Washington. Let's go to Anthony out in D.C. What's going on? Hey, what's up, Lamel, man? Thanks for taking my call. Long time listener, long time caller, Grand Danny, uh, B. Mitch and Finley. I just want to say I agree with everything that you're saying pertaining to Sam Howell. I love Sam Howell. I think he's a, a competitor. I think that he played uh, really well in the beginning of the season, but he definitely regressed. I thought I saw him throw some awful, I mean, awful picks. Now, I can't argue with I the think, regression. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I seen him not be able to do the the basic things when it comes to the quarterback position. And um, if it's a competition, then so be it. But if you're losing the last eight um, starts in the league, I cannot say that, like the last caller would say, go with Sam Howell. They definitely, 1,000% is not going to go with Sam Howell, even though he's – he probably will be a backup. He's going to be on the team. But um, I just want to – first of all, let, let me say this real quick, mm-hmm. Lanil. Um Ron Rivera did not allow Sam Howe to be great because when we came back in that Philly game and he kicked the extra point instead of, <laughs> instead of going for two, that – that that I swear to God that I felt like that was the start of the end, and he did the same thing in the Seattle game. I mean, Sam Howe brought us back game after game after game. So I cannot question his toughness. I cannot question his ability, and I cannot question his willing to win. Ron Rivera did not allow him to be great and Anthony, to be at his best. Anthony. Damn good call. And I think anyone that disagrees with you is on cuckoo pills. Ron, and I've been beating this drum post-draft, through the offseason, through camp. Ron Rivera and this organization never, ever moved like Sam Howell was going to be their long-term answer. I keep drawing the parallel to the Atlanta Falcons because it was a very comparable situation. The Atlanta Falcons went out and told everyone, hey, look, we're going to go forward with Desmond Ritter. They weren't just saying it, though. It wasn't just, it wasn't just coach speak. They went out and made the moves to ensure the success of a young quarterback. They trapped B. John Robinson uh, in the first round. They trapped Matthew Bergeron, uh, the tackle out of Syracuse, with their second pick. They did what they, what they needed to do to help out the quarterback. They spent buku money that past offseason on the defense to make sure that they were up to snuff. But ultimately, Desmond Ritter proved to not be him. But if you're Washington, if you're a Washington fan and you think that, that they put Sam Howell in position to succeed last year, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. You're, you're sadly mistaken. You're sadly mistaken. Not saying that I think he's going to develop into some top 10 quarterback. To me, it's more of the idea of what's unknown with him still. Because we saw how it looked when he was protected. When he had time to throw and when there was balance in the play calling, he looked like a damn good quarterback. Which is why, to me, no matter what ultimately happens this offseason at quarterback, Sam has got to be a part of the equation. We'll continue to take your calls. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. Top of the 7 o'clock hour, I gave you my top three preferences uh, at the quarterback position this offseason for the Commanders. When we come back, want to get your calls on your preference for quarterback this offseason for Washington. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. When we come back as well, we'll get you 
Some more differing opinions on the big hot-button topic of the offseason. Jaden Daniels versus Drake May. That's next on The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 